You're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with host Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I'm sure it has a number, but I'm at a bar drinking and can't be bothered to look that up. This is Seth Miller hosting this week, and I am joined by Jason Urbanitz. Hello, Hello, Jason. Hello. Where are we? We are at the McKellar Bar in Copenhagen, which is naturally where one goes after having spent a week in Hamburg at Aircraft Interiors Expo. Um, because flying out of Hamburg is a terrible experience. Yeah, it's just a five, no, I'm sorry, six-hour train ride. It's only a six-hour train if you get uh, rowdy Germans on board who have a fight with the conductor and then have to get thrown off at an unscheduled stop. The last stop in Germany. Yeah, I... I do wonder, is that if they had crossed the border to Sakana's deportation? More paperwork. No one wants that. Anyways, uh, this is going to be a relatively short episode because we're in a bar, we have no idea what the sound quality is like, and we're drinking. Uh, none of which have ever affected our podcast before, but like, what you're going to do? Anyways, uh, we do want to do a quick recap of where we're at uh, in terms of things that have happened at the show, things we saw, things that were cool, things that we think are going to be significant in the passenger experience over the next several years so jason what did you see that you find fun interesting and exciting uh the number one answer i think from anyone everywhere that i've talked to is the delta flight products does not yet have a name uh powered wheelchair accessible first class seat um, I don't think there is another acceptable answer to that question. What was most interesting? Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. It's Air for All. Air, the number four, all is part, one of the names I've seen bandied about. It's sort of the group of people that's been driving it. Uh, Delta Flight Products is who they went with to try to make it real. It's a concept now. Uh, they're hoping for certification within 18 months, which is shockingly quick as the air travel world goes. But... Uh, overall, I tend to agree with you. The general gist of it is that they have a pair of seats. This is for a single aisle implementation right now. So it'd be a pair of first class seats, essentially. Uh, they get installed and the aisle side gets, is flexible. It has an option that the sort of the cushions come off and push a couple locking switches and the seat pan lifts up out of the way, making ruin with some hooks on the floor for lockdown where a powered wheelchair can roll in. Yeah, it's not really a complicated concept. It's a seat that folds away, and there's four very heavy-duty-looking hooks on the floor that kind of retract and hold the chair in place, and that's that's really it. It's not very complicated, but getting it all the mechanics right and then certified, more importantly, is the real busy trick. Yeah, and one of the interesting comments I've seen since we started talking about it is, do you have to certify the chair in some way, right? Like, ooh, I hope not. At at 16G, maybe the hooks don't give, but, like, does the entire chair deform and that becomes a problem? I'd like to hope that that's not going to be an issue that derails this, but it's a very cool concept, uh, very very inclusive idea it's also it's not going to be perfect right there are some chairs that's not going to fit or they won't fit but one of the, the interesting thing is someone has said you know would, would you use this in premium economy on a wide body uh the folks from dfp delta flight products basically said the problem isn't fitting the wheelchair on board the problem is getting the wheelchair to the seats and so turning that corner at the first door getting down the aisle is a problem so it basically is a first row only solution right now so the assumption is that it will only be single aisle, 
front row for a non-lie-flat, non-premium-ish layout, I guess. And even then, when they showed it on the show floor, there's nothing obstructing the seat around it. There's no there's no aisle. There's nothing in front of the seat balancing the mechanics of getting that seat positioned perfectly on an aircraft on a short turn. That's probably going to be pretty tricky, and it will take some doing. And it, you're not going to have someone that's been doing it 25 times an hour at the show. You're going to have someone doing it for the first time in their chair. Yes and no. It's someone doing it for the first time in their chair, but you're going to have someone who's been driving that chair that was right so time as opposed to a bunch of people who have never been in one pretending. Also true. Sure. So, um, huge props to uh, Chris from Flying Disabled. Uh, Preachman Good was one of the folks that helped develop it. The certification group made it SWS. Anyway. A lot of people putting a lot of work into that. Yep. So very impressive solution there. Um, and although, remember, this is Delta Flight Products, which is a subsidiary or division subsidiary. of Delta, is not a guarantee that Delta, the airline, will ever actually fly this. You would think Delta, the airline, would be first to jump at this, but just to clarify, that's not actually a guarantee. They had um, they, the uh, comms representative from Delta Corporate who was there was excellent at being noncommittal. Yes, but now they are uh, they're put on notice. Very excited and very happy and very much looking forward to the potential and all of the right words, but still not committed. Many words were exchanged. Uh, What's that? Polite words. Um, what else was cool? Uh, new single aisle business class coffin seat. I don't know if I'd call it a coffin seat. Aren't they all at this point? I would call it the better than the alternative of not having a flatbed seat. Seat. Which is basically every single aisle I've had. Yes. Uh, This is the Collins Aerospace Aurora, like the Northern Lights, um, or I guess the Southern Lights, if you did that. But who does? If you're closest. It's, it's again, nice concept. This is an, it's uh, herringbone, right? Yes. Your head is in yes. your head is in the window. Your toes are in the aisle. Uh, the architecture has it so that it's you slight. It's more recessed towards the window than other seats. That lets them claim to have a longer bed, seventy-eight inches on the three twenty-one family. At thirty-two inches of pitch. At thirty-two inches of pitch, which is basically the same or less than a traditional premium seat layout on a single aisle plane, which is insane. Uh, the other thing about it, though, is it's a more than 45-degree angle to the fuselage. Yeah, which is the first time that's been done on, on any seat, I believe. On a commercial aircraft, yes. Yes, on a commercial aircraft, no 45 degrees is, is the magic number, basically, where you have to do all sorts of extra certification, extra work to get an approved. Well, interestingly, the, the, there was an a- the application about the approval on the FAA side, at least, went in... Maybe a year or so ago, I remember seeing it come across the FAA docket, and ultimately the decision the FAA made was, eh, as long as you can prove that the impacts are sort of the same, you're okay. Now, you still have to prove that, but uh, expect a shoulder belt for sure when yeah. you know, during taxi takeoff and landing. Not the end of the world. I mean, most newer business class seats have that anyway. These guys. Yeah. Um, annoying for some. Some people hate it, but... Again, I don't mind it. It's such a short. You're going to have time where you won't have a bed, so exactly. you're running. Um, what else was cool that we saw? Um, this is getting really in the weeds, but you Please. just wrote about it today. The modularity announced on the uh, Panasonic's new entertainment system, Astrova, coming soon to uh, a buttload of United aircraft near you, seven eight seven 
tens, I think. Well, all 787s passed 2025, at right. least for now. The and, first try. And the 73 Max. No. no. 321XLR. 321XLR, that's it. Um, so we, they, Panasonic already announced this last year, and we got some more details this year. And one, one of the interesting things that I picked up on was the modularity of the processor and the memory of it. So basically all entertainment systems previously have all of the, the brains and the guts of the systems embedded in the screen. And you can't just upgrade the processor or the RAM on board. And once that gets dated in 5, 7, 10 years... You're, two, three. Two, three, okay. Because this stuff's already dated before it even hits the first aircraft. That, that, I'll, I'll concede that point. But basically, you had to throw away the entire unit. There was no upgrading. And what Panasonic has done is removed the processor, whatever processor they use. They wouldn't, have, wouldn't confirm. I suspect it's probably just a, a smartphone SOC. Um, and the RAM, and they've put that in a modular chip or a board on the the module that powers the the seat pair, the seat triplet underneath the seat. And in that thing you kick every time, exactly, which is now markedly smaller than yeah. it used to be, which they were also showing off. But now, uh, what they showed is if an airline opts to, which let's be honest, there are a select few that will actually choose to do this, but they can remove a card out of the module, pop a new one in, and suddenly you have a much more modern, fast, ready-to-go processor and applicable amount of RAMs for whatever GUI update you want to do or, or whatever, because so many IFE systems were, were great when they were installed 10 or 12 years ago, but now they're they're unusable compared to consumer tech. Yeah, and I, I think the key point here is that it's OLED technology. It's The screen isn't going to go old, bad, dead wrong That's whatever they claim it's still oled so right. no, I was that, that has to be true oled so the the seat is the screen should last the you know 10 or 12 years or more but this lets them have a sort of interim upgrade step that is significantly less expensive than replacing the whole thing and airlines don't typically replace those systems until they seven to, to ten years down the line and then only if they're keeping the plane another seven to ten years this gives them an opportunity for maybe a five years down the line or only keeping it five more years because it's a much less expensive upgrade. Far fewer screens to touch. Uh, even if they don't replace the processor and the RAM, there's also modularity in the sort of uh, input-output bar where they can change USB ports or headphone jacks or things like that to get additional uh, updates. Or if you, know, you have a broken headphone jack uh that 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 little piece can be replaced more quickly or they mentioned what if we go from in seven to ten years what if we're switching from usb-c to usb-d and i shuddered to think about that because i i don't want that to be a reality again but that that's an example right now basically you'd have to throw the whole unit away you can't just swap out a component like that unless it's uh some sort of accessory that built into the seat rather than the screen but Panasonic is not the only one thinking about that as well. Zodiac and their Rave system, or, or not the Zodiac, Saffron. Saffron. That is Rave system. Jason here just did a flashback four years. That yes, was cool. I dated myself. Um, they're also doing kind of an accessory bar. Yeah. You can pop uh, a USB-A port out for USB-C, or you can uh, swap out Bluetooth for Bluetooth Low Energy, which is something they, they were marketing as well. So it's nice to see a somewhat dated legacy industry with these systems update itself to become to the point where they're ready to go, they're ready to put in the new things, the new Bluetooth, the new USB, 
and all they need is for the airline to buy the thing and do it. Yeah, and speaking of Safran, uh, one of the other very interesting things that they managed to develop is or to implement uh, two-wire Ethernet. Which, oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, so the typical wiring bundle between the sort of that's the seat box and the screen is something like uh, three full bundles of eight wires each plus power each. And they've gotten it down to serialized power plus two wires for the Ethernet connection between the screen and the uh, and the box. They said they can save something like 400 kilos of plane on a wide body or 200 kilos on a single aisle plane, right? Yeah. Well, you can do 100 meg Ethernet with just two wires. So I guess that makes sense. Do you really need more than that? No. For a video, it's a video stream and basic other stuff. And as long as you're doing switching right and the contention is solved. Why hasn't that been done before? It seems like a no-brainer. Somebody, I'm probably sure, just thought of, thought about that in the engineering lab and, and did it. Well, because you got to redesign the wiring and you know use the two-wire design. But they're the but, only ones doing it that we know of. Yeah, it, that is another very interesting concept. And someone did raise the question of why haven't we gone to fiber instead? R.I.P. Lumexis. Uh, it was tried. It failed. It's unclear why, other than just because. The marketing and the business failed. The technology was proved perfect. itself because after Lumexis went out of business, we talked to them this week at the show, actually. They said that the actual screens installed on Fly Dubai, they continued on in zombie mode with no no sort of maintenance for, for years and years. So the technology is proven, but the business case may be... Uh, Maybe less so. Uh, what other seats are good? Uh, there were a couple seat announcements, actually, which I don't think you, we really get a ton of like airline seat announcements at the show. There was the Air New Zealand updated herringbone seat, and they gave a very good explanation about why it's herringbone and not reverse herringbone. Do you want to get into that? I do. I Actually, that was it was nice, uh, mostly because Kerry Reeves, you tried to stump him and, you know, catch him on that one. He's like, no, I have an answer for it. Stump him. That's what the people on the internet were asking. Why am I facing away from the window? And they were ready for that. He was. Uh, and the answer basically is uh, when you're traveling with someone and a large portion of Air New Zealand's business is leisure travel and premium travel couples going traveling together, uh, you actually want to be able to talk to that person and be and communicate with them, hold their hand, have dinner with them, all of those other things. Uh, and it's a relatively low angle, as Herringbone goes, and so you can see out the window, as opposed to the version of the Collins seat. You can't really see out the window on that Aurora seat. Actually closer to the window. You may be facing away from it, but the angle is not that drastic, so you can still turn your head a little to the left and look out the window. Yeah. Um, so there you go. People, it actually is better to look out the window and then uh, Air New Zealand layout than say, Collins, Aurora, or things like that. So, Air France announced its new seat as well that will go on the A350. It looks a lot like its old seat that's still uh, the new seat going to the 777, so that's that's fun. Uh, what, oh, there was the, the Heiko seat that was on dis- Heiko seat on display at Deal, which was the 2-2 or 3-2 staggered seat, which the media image they gave out was terrible. Gave no indication on how or where it was staggered, but I went to see it in two different booths, 
And um, if you've ever flown JAL Class J before, isn't quite economy, not quite business. It's a 3-2 configuration on wide body. This is shooting... On wide body? Uh, sorry, on narrow okay. body. And it's shooting for that market. But now it's kind of staggered where they... So this is taking a, what's typically a 2-2 layout and trying to make it 3-2 or 2-3 to increase density, but somehow keep it as comfortable as it was. Right. Now stagger it slightly for more privacy, basically. Also, there's an accessibility play on it where the aisle seat has um, an armrest that basically lowers so you can maneuver a wheelchair faster okay. into the seat, which is nice. has no bearing on the actual seat. You can do that with any seat. Where is the stagger? Where is the stagger? So the... If you're looking at the 3-2, looking head-on on it, and the seats are looking at you, the two seats on the right are just slightly offset. They're, one is slightly... They're, they're at, like, an angle, maybe five degrees in the row. And then on the left side, the, the seat on the, like the window and middle are actually directly next to each other. That was my take on it. And then the aisle seat is set back slightly, again, at maybe a five-degree angle, which is kind of enough that you're not shoulder-to-shoulder. So it's like it's slightly angled, but front to back, like the whole I assembly. Think, I think the same so. Place? Yeah, I interesting. Think it, that's their version of stagger. And I sent you a whole bunch of pictures. I saw the pictures. I still couldn't figure out where the stagger was. On the day where you were not there because you were not feeling well. Yeah, and I still haven't figured out where the stagger. Yeah, I'm looking. It's kind of you, you had to be there to see it. it, it it's it's there. Okay. Well, they seem to think it'll work. Don't so. expect to see it on any U.S. or North American airline. I, I would expect this to to remain a, a Japanese thing because they already have that market established for class j and whatever ana's version of it is but they also offer in 2-2 so maybe we will i mean why wouldn't a u.s carrier suddenly decide that their front cabin should be 3-2 instead of 3 2-2 because they're scared of change and competition and they all use the same seat minor details um speaking of that same seat and it's not the one being used but the recaro yeah, PL thirty eight ten. You could have just made that number out of thin air, and I wouldn't wouldn't be able to dispute it. This is the new premium economy or domestic first uh, seat that they released. It's sort of built on the Delta A three twenty one Neo first with the little headwings, um, but also built on a few other concepts. Nice seat. A uh, couple customers lined up. Should be a very good premium seat. Uh, similarly, they had a crazy light uh, economy seat that not so great. Yeah, the one that you lifted up over your head? Yeah, that was cool. But you're missing the most noteworthy seat. I know. The Extend. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, you forgot about that I one. did forget about that one. Um, is this, was that certified already, or are they working on it still? They are working on it. Okay. So this is a seat where it's designed to basically reduce pitch in the exit room. So, Which is a concept I despise. But it's instead of having the uh, basically the full seat pan, which blocks your ability to walk out the exit, so you have to leave more exit row, exit and leave more pitch between the rows. Uh, they split it in half, or sort of seventy thirty, and it flips down and then flips back up. And well, first you have to physically sit down, yes. and then flip up the seat, which the the forward thirty percent of the seat doesn't actually go flush. 
with the rear 70%. So you sit in this thing, and there's a noticeable drop-off, and my legs, my thighs actually, never actually contacted the part of the seat that was lifted up. So it was like, I'm sure it works for some people, but for me, it didn't even make a difference. And then the magic trick with it is that when you stand up, a little egg timer-like mechanism runs, and after about two or three seconds, the whole thing goes cha-chunk, and the forward 30% of the seat uh, basically goes back to its storage position in case of an emergency, and suddenly you have your minimum required 13 inches of accessible aisle space to the overwing egg. So I hate this. Not great for people who like leg room uh, or like their knees. Ironically, as Jason notes, because of the shape and the way it's laid out, the support for your thighs is actually better if you're shorter. So those are people who aren't necessarily getting the same value out of the exit row anyways. But you got to hand it to Recaro because this is an innovative concept, something that nobody else has dared tried. The, the, the fact that I hate it doesn't mean anything. It's just... I don't like the fact that they are going to remove the one the benefit of the row on board the aircraft that might not have any of the seats I physically fit in. When you and I flew Vietjet, I paid the extra dollar and eighty two cents to sit in the exit row, and I, I actually fit in those rows. Now listen, that was a lot of Vietnamese dong. It, it was, but when I the flight wasn't completely full, so I temporarily moved to another a regular row. I did not physically fit in that seat and if they take that away from me there are some airlines i'm not going to be able to physically fly yeah and to jason's point there though i think really this comes down to airlines that are good at selling the exit row and monetizing it aren't going to do this southeast asia where it's not as big a deal for the value proposition of getting that extra leg room for most of the passengers is likely where this comes into play and also the thing to think about is you're only getting two, three, maybe four inches out of this savings, but to get a full extra row, that means you got to take like another inch away from every other row behind or inch and a half. There are no inches left to give back there. But you know what? The next time, if this becomes a thing, the next time I fly via jet, I might have to become a sky boss Uh-oh. in row one. Exciting. Jason's out here... I don't know, man. Just like that's living the dream. That's what they market row one as. I know. I I remember that now, and I'm a lot more expensive. Imagine you with a pile of Vietnamese dong, just like licking your thumb and flicking them out, and everybody as they board the plane behind you. I'm the sky boss. What can I say? I think we shouldn't say anything else, quite frankly. Nope. Uh, we're gonna stop this episode now before either of us says anything more stupid than that. Hopefully, you heard anything we actually said. Ah, uh, hopefully the background noise wasn't too much. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Anything else to add for a premium deal? Look, I guess I should have been more clear. Um, as always, we still are going to have an extra little bit for our patrons. So, you know, stick around for that if you're into it. Uh, if not, thanks for listening. Hit us up at Dots Lines on Twitter. Jason is at Airline Flyer or on the App Talk podcast with Flight Radar 24. Um, and on that note, we will catch you next week.